Welcome to Walking Together, a podcast all about encouraging each other as we follow Jesus together. I'm your host, Dennis Lavelle. Let's start walking. When I was a kid, one of my favorite shows was Let's Make a Deal, hosted by Monty Hall. And I was always amazed by the fact that people would trade away what they had just won in the hopes of getting an upgrade, something bigger, something better, something more expensive. But if you've seen the show, it was curtain number three that always seemed to let everyone down. You know, they traded away a stereo system or a trip to Maui for a camel. (laughs) And believe it or not, we actually try to do the same thing. We often want something better than what God has gifted to us. And we try to upgrade ourselves, even to the point of compromising. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes compromises are healthy. When two companies try to broker a deal, they will both settle on some compromises, which is beneficial for both sides. Sometimes, as a husband, I need to take a back seat to what I want so that my wife and family's needs can be met. But when we try to compromise with God on what He's told us to do, there's no winning that argument. And when we try to compromise with God, when you peel back all the layers, hypocrisy is really at the core. Now, Romans 12 tells us that we are to present ourselves as a living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable to God. Now, we can sing songs and talk a lot about being living sacrifices and even say that we're presenting ourselves to the Lord. But the problem with living sacrifices is that they have a tendency to crawl off the altar before the actual offerings can take place. And the devil knows that if he can keep you from being holy and acceptable, then there is really no value in your sacrifice because it's not pleasing to God. Now, for the last few days, I've been reading in Exodus, and you'll remember that a promise was given to Abraham that he would become a father of a great nation, and God had promised Abraham and Sarah a son, and they waited and they waited, and the son didn't come, so Sarah becomes impatient and comes up with her own solution. But God always keeps his promises, and in his timing, they had a son. And that son grew into a large family, which eventually grew into a large nation. And that nation decided they'd rather serve idols than God. So God said, I can help you out with that. And so they were taken captive into Egypt where they could serve as many gods and idols as they wanted. Now, after 400 years, they got tired of being abused by their captors and they cry out to God, please deliver us. And so God sends Moses to lead them out of Egypt. And he's very specific. God tells Moses to tell Pharaoh that his people need to be released from Egypt because he wanted them to travel three days into the wilderness to serve him by offering sacrifices. That's found in Exodus 3, verses 16 through 18. And what you need to understand is that Exodus is full of types or typology. And two of the keys to Exodus is to understand that Pharaoh represents Satan. He is the one who is going to resist God's plans. And Egypt represents the world, meaning Satan's domain. 
So Pharaoh, just like Satan, is going to do everything in his power to keep the people of God in Egypt, the area where he is king, far from the appointed place of sacrifice and service. And so Pharaoh tries four different tactics to keep the people from leaving Egypt and sacrificing to the Lord. And these are all compromises. And they all say loud and clear, let's make a deal. And please be aware that the devil uses these same four tactics today to dissuade us and discourage us from offering ourselves as living sacrifices to the Lord. And the first compromise is found in Exodus chapter number 8, verse 25. After four plagues, Pharaoh finally says, go. Well, sort of. The four plagues up to this point were the Nile turning to blood, the frogs, the lice, and flies. Now, some translations use gnats instead of lice, mainly because the Hebrew word is really a word picture of insects that cling to or sticks to the skin. So all the dust of the earth morphed into these creatures, and so they stuck to both man and beast. And then after the fourth plague, the flies, Pharaoh says, go sacrifice to your God. But watch what he says. He says, go sacrifice to your God in the land. And those three words are very important. See, the devil approves of your sacrifice as long as it's in the land of Egypt. As long as it's in his territory, in the area that he controls, yeah, he's good with your sacrifice. Why? Because he knows that that kind of sacrifice is not pleasing. It's not acceptable, and it's definitely not holy to God. And so Satan will always place conditions on your sacrifice. And this is the first one. Go ahead and sacrifice, but stay here in Egypt. And remember, Egypt represents the world. And this is where the enemy is king. Pharaoh had complete control of Egypt. So Satan is the king of the religious world. He encourages religion. But don't fall for that. Don't fall for the idea that what you're offering to God is pleasing to him when you are only obeying partially. See, God's command was very specific. I want you to leave this land and go three days journey to sacrifice. You see, there had to be a distinct separation between where they were now and where God wanted them to be. But if they stayed in Egypt and tried to sacrifice there, nothing has changed. So staying in the land where God wasn't king of their lives was simply three days in the wrong direction. So Pharaoh says, you can go, but I want you to stay here. Just act like it's three days away. Listen, don't fall for that compromise. In Exodus 8.28, we see the second compromise, the second tactic. We read here that Pharaoh said, I will let you go to sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you must not go very far away. So if Satan can't keep you in the area that he controls, he will certainly try to keep you very close to it. You see, if we're still close, we're still easily influenced. We're easily deceived. We're still in viewing distance of all the stuff that has the potential to suck us back in. So watch out for the trap because it's much easier to live near the pleasures and treasures of Egypt 
than to live as a sacrifice in the wilderness. So his second compromise was, we'll go ahead and offer, but don't wander too far from here. Now in the meantime, Pharaoh's heart continued to be hardened, and as a result, God sent pestilence. So Egypt's livestock, the horses, donkeys, camels, cattle, sheep, and goats, they were wiped out. But there was no change in his heart. Then God sent boils, sores that would just ooze pus. Even the magicians, they got them too, and they couldn't get rid of them. Then came the hail mixed with fire. Again, huge damage to what was left of Egypt. And Pharaoh says, okay, 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 I've had enough. God is right. I'm wrong. I have sinned. Stop the hail, and I'll let you go. It stops. He lies. Same song, third verse. And Moses tells him, look, the next one is locust, but he still refuses to go. And so the locusts come and devour what's left of the land. Enter compromise number three. And that's found in Exodus 10, verse number 11. And we read here, he says, Go, the men among you, and serve the Lord, for that is what you are asking. Well, but that's not what they were asking for. So Pharaoh twists things around a little bit. He says, okay, okay, you can go, but just the men. The men can go sacrifice, but they had to leave the family behind. And Pharaoh knew, and Satan knows, that if he can divide the family, he's gained an advantage. And after the first two failed compromises, he then targets the things that are the most precious to the Israelites and to us, our family. And he's been real successful at that. Pharaoh knew that if the men went three days into the wilderness, that they would soon return to their wives and families and to slavery. In other words, back to him. Now listen, we all know this. We as husbands, we don't do well without our wives and kids. And I certainly don't have to talk long about this deal, this compromise, because some of you are living it. You've taken the deal or your spouse has taken the deal. And you're having to learn how to pick out the shrapnel and lean hard into God. And if you haven't experienced this yet, don't do it. Don't do the deal. Don't accept the compromise. It's simply not worth it. So God sends a strong west wind and lifted the locust from the land and blew it into the Red Sea. The Bible says there was darkness, so dark that you could feel it. And it was during this that Pharaoh proposes the last deal, compromise number four. And that's found in chapter 10, verse 24. He basically wants them to sacrifice without a sacrifice. He says, Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Your little ones also may go with you. Only let your flocks and your herds remain behind. Oh, that's subtle, isn't it? You go ahead and sacrifice, but you have to leave your livelihood in Egypt. Your family can go, but your career, your possessions, your finances, your hobbies, your interests, you have to leave them here in Egypt, in his realm, in his domain. Watch out for that. And Moses gives a great answer in verses 25 and 26. He says, nope. Not going to buy into that, not going to take the deal, not going to take that compromise. And he says, not one hoof 
shall be left behind. Moses says, everything, including our cattle, are going with us. Why? Because they didn't know what God was going to ask for as a sacrifice until they actually got three days into the desert. So they took it all. And when we read this account, it raises some difficult questions that we have to ask ourselves. Things like, is my computer, my house, my car, my hobbies, am I using those things to serve the Lord? Or are they hoofs still holding me back in Egypt? You see, until all the flocks and all the herds left Egypt, there could be no sacrifice. And until then, your Christian service and what you think is holy and acceptable to God is really only song and talk. And Moses rejected these deals. He rejected the compromises because, number one, it's not what God commanded. Number two, the line of separation was too close. It was just too near Egypt, too close to the world. Number three, if he did accept these compromises, the family would fall apart. And then he also knew, number four, that a sacrifice without a sacrifice is not really a sacrifice. So don't go for the deal. Don't settle for less than God has planned for you. Let me ask you this. What would your life, what would my life look like if we woke up every single morning cognizant of the fact that we're going to be offered a compromising deal and that it has the potential to not only ruin our family, but also if we take that compromise, we know full well that it's going to be unholy, unacceptable, and not pleasing to God. My prayer is that we will make wise choices and that we will refuse to settle for less than what God desires and what he's planned for you and for me and your church and your community. Don't compromise. Don't take the deal. It's just not worth it. Well, thanks for joining me today. If this has been a help or a blessing to you, give the podcast a four-star rating on your podcast app. Download it. Share the link with a friend on social media. Don't compromise on what God has asked you to do. Don't take the deal. Just keep walking with the Lord. We'll see you next time. Thank you.